Hey guys, it's Dr. Delvina, board certified psychiatrist in South Florida. Are you ready to take the couch? Hey, hey guys, happy Sunday night. It's Dr. Delvina. It's another episode of the Brain Love Podcast. And tonight, eh, you know, I would like to talk relationships again. And I'm talking personal relationships tonight, not the relationship you have with your kids or with your mom or your dad, but personal relationships. And so what am I talking about? It's COVID-19 out here. Everyone knows that. And um, things have become a little difficult for some folks who are dating, who are single. And I've just received so many inboxes and DMs. You guys, if you don't follow me on social media already, I'm on Instagram as Dr. Delvina, D-R-D-E-L-V-E-N-A. And I'm on Facebook as the same, but I think on Facebook it's like D-R period and then Delvina, D-E-L-V-E-N-A. And on Twitter as the same as Instagram, Dr. Delvina, D-R-D-E-L-V-E-N-A. So anyhow, I've done um, quite a few talks about relationships um, on my YouTube, which is Dr. Delvina Thomas, on social media, on different platforms as a guest for other people's podcast or virtual meetings or what have you. And um, I recommend it to one group that I... Um, was a part of. I was sort of just giving them some advice on how to manage through COVID-19. And uh, one of the things that I mentioned was that they have to engage in virtual dating. Like if you're single, you're out here living your life, don't pause. Don't press pause on your life. Don't press pause on your personal life. You can still spread your wings and get acquainted, get to know people. And you can do that in different ways. You can meet them online because since we're not supposed to be out like that, you know, people aren't really out congregating and socializing and all of that stuff. But you can meet them online. So I was in this group and, um, and I mentioned that, do the virtual dating thing, meet people online. You can meet people online on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, on this stuff. But you got to vet them. I'm not saying just every Tom, Dick, and Harry who hits you up in your DM or, you know, starts a conversation with you. I'm not saying to explore it right away, right? You got to vet that person. So sometimes on Instagram, it ain't even their real name. On Facebook, typically, yeah. Let's talk about that. Facebook is like older people, Facebook is more like my son used to tell me. My son is 24. So my mom or my son used to tell me Facebook is like more my speed. So I guess people in their 40s and up. Um, I joined Facebook right when I moved to Miami in 2007. So that was 13 years ago. My son was 11. So I joined Facebook then. And I don't know if I don't think my son was on Facebook. You know, he was I just felt like he was too young for that. But anyway, Facebook is about that older crowd. Instagram, it's like uh, the younger folk, um, Snapchat, the younger folks, you know. Um, I would say people in like their 20s. Yeah, I'd say people like in their 20s. And there are some people in their 30s on Facebook. So anyway, you just got to kind of vet the source. You got to vet the person, look at their page, scroll through their page. This is what I think. If they're reaching out to you on social media, 
that means you know what their page is, right? Because they hit you up through social media. So go through all of that, take a look, and see what's popping. So you're on social media, you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook. I don't know if you're on Snapchat. Snapchat gives me a headache. Uh, Maybe you're on TikTok, I don't know. But you're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, and uh, this person DMs you, hits you up. Or the other option for finding or meeting someone are the dating sites. I don't know. I don't know all of the dating sites. I think, um, let's see, Black People Meet used to be like a dating site. (laughs) I'm not sure. I mentioned that before to some people, and they looked at me like I had five heads. So I'm not sure if that's still around. Um, What else? What are the other dating sites? Shoot. my goodness, I'm blinking right now. I've I've never I've never really participated in a dating site. Um, I think when I first moved to Miami, I registered on one of them and I never pursued it. So forgive me, but there's a bunch of dating sites and I recommend it to these women. Go on the dating sites, put in, you know, create a profile and just kind of like fool around with it and see what happens. And um one of the women who was the most oppositional about the, the virtual dating or being on the dating site, um, she decided to try it. Yay, she tried it. She tried the site, and, um, and she called me to tell me what a success it's been so far. So I, I want to play that call for you. And so um, hopefully if you've been mulling over getting on one of these dating sites, this will be encouragement for you to participate in a dating site. Hey, thanks for calling Dr. Delvina. Hello. Hello. Hey, Dr. Delvina, how Hi. are you? I'm great, thank you, how are you? Good, well, this is that lady from Georgia you talked to about three weeks ago. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people yes, from Georgia. But you, got, you gotta remember this one. So I was kind of, talking to you on the difficulty of dating during COVID, being single and not really out there in the dating scene and just being apprehensive about dating in general. And you had suggested suggested that maybe I try a dating app. Remember? Yes, yes. And you were quite oppositional to getting on the dating app. Yes, I was. But I have a little uh, update, a little update surprise. Tell me. We, uh, one, I, I was just on social media and one of the dating sites popped up, coincidentally, like a day later. And I'm like, you know what, let me just try it, just sign up for it. And so I did, and within a week, I connected to a guy. <laughs> yes. I a nice guy and um yeah and I met him so oh. oh wait 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 so you guys didn't just do a virtual date you met up in person we actually spoke on the phone our first conversation was three hours mm. on, the, on the phone yes three wow. hours on the phone uh great conversation we have a lot in common our uh upbringing was similar and so we decided um, to meet. Wait, so three hours on the phone. So you guys betted each other mm-hmm. for three hours. You kind of, you got acquainted. You asked some 
things that you needed to know to see if you wanted to move forward. Mm -hmm. That sounds like it was a good juicy conversation. Three hours. Yes, it was. Yeah. And he was like really excited for us to oh, connect. That's awesome. One day. And wait, so, wait, wait, don't skip past the three hours. So what's, what are, what are some of the things that you guys discussed on the phone without giving too many details? Um, <laughs> it, at first it was just really, it was really light and friendly and we laughed a lot and I just felt really relaxed in the conversation and he opened up a lot. So he has a sense of humor. He made you laugh. He made me laugh. I thought we had similar interests. Even with everything that's going on in society, we talked about that. Um, and we have similar interests. How we think is kind of similar. So I was just intrigued with that. And so um, the following day, he wanted to, to meet. And so, so he I, asked you to meet up for an in-person date. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Yes. And um, we met at a local business uh -huh. with our masks on, social distance, outside. And um, this meet turned into like six hours. Wow. We talked for six hours. So you were still interested and intrigued by him when you met him in person. So you were you were still yeah, into him. He was him. intrigued with me too. Otherwise, he wanted yeah. no. Then I didn't get to that part yet. Relax. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. Yes. Okay. So you both were interested. Let me rephrase. You both were still intrigued and interested in one another after yes. that three-hour conversation to go on a six-hour date. That's awesome. Yeah, we were. Yes. Were you attracted to him? Yes. Are you attracted to him, I yes. should say? I answer that fast, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm glad you called to give me an update. Thank yes. you. I love yes. these types of stories. Now, yes. before we go, did you pick up on any red flags? Or was there anything that he said or did that is concerning to you that you want to ask me about? Well, I noticed that his profile says he is older than what he really is. So, yes. How old is he? Why would you? He is 44. And what's on his profile? 48. Oh, yeah. So, but why would you, but, but my thing, why would you like put the wrong age on your profile? Right. So, did he put his date of birth with a, uh, a four year? a different year that he was born or no, just totally different just oh age. just the age and then oh. based on his date of birth he gave me based on the year he was born i figured it was that's not the right age right did you ask him about it yet not yet okay so yeah you gotta you have to address that with him um and you know and no need to to backdoor it just ask him just say hey you know i noticed that on the profile it states you're 48 but you say that you're 44. did you ask to see his id Oh, no, I didn't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you just but let him know. He, he provided me his last name, so. Yeah, but let him know before the next date, like, okay, so we had some great conversation. We met up and all is good, but I just, I have a question for you. Why do you have a different age on the, on the, the, right. on the site? Mm -hmm. and, and I would also ask to see his ID. Okay. Yep, because I, I don't think that's asking for too much. 
you got to be able to to vet someone and confirm their identity because there's so much mess going on out here. So okay, what, what else should I do besides the ID? Any any more ideas? Because <laughs> I'm gonna write that tag number down too. Yes. So well, you could do that, and once you have his full name, Google his name. So ask the city ID so you can see the date of birth, the name matches, the face on the ID matches, and then Google his name and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the types of things we have to do when we're meeting a new person that we don't know oh, from Adam. Yeah, I think it's also important to let the listeners know that you need to let somebody know where you're going and who you're going to be with. So absolutely, I did that. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, I appreciate your update. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for the recommendation. We'll see how it works out. Yes, I was going to say, call me again and let me know what happened after you asked for the ID and you asked about that that age discrepancy. Certainly. Certainly will. Thank you so much. Yep. And you know, so I'm so happy she was able to meet someone on the dating site and they had a great conversation by phone and had a nice first date. She said six hours. So that sounds like they're highly compatible, that they believe in some of the same things. And those are kind of what you look for when you're looking for a mate. You have to be um, really only moderately attractive to be attractive to most of the population. So when people talk to me about dating and not knowing what the person will look like in real life. You know, you see their pictures on their profile. I just want you to know, in reality, you only have to be only moderately attractive to be attractive to most of the population. So what that is saying is the other things come into play, right? So the other things like what you believe in, what's important to you, how you interact with others, the type of energy you have, Um, your size, your education, your values, your socioeconomic status, your religious beliefs, those things come into play once a person has kind of gotten to know you. Obviously, if you're in a bar or you're at a social event and you're you're just looking at someone, you're looking at them, you're seeing their external attributes. But once you have a conversation or if you met online and They don't look exactly like what's in their picture, but when you sit down and you talk to them, they really have a good head on their shoulders. Um, What they say makes a lot of sense. You guys, um, you have uh, good energy. That person has good energy. You have great energy and you're vibing. Then what you see as their external attributes, it kind of takes a back seat to everything else, right? Because people claim they have a strong preference for a particular attribute, but they typically don't end up being especially attracted to the potential partners who possess it. Like someone may say, I want someone who's six feet two because I'm five, seven. Well, they may not actually end up being attracted to the potential partners who are six, two. And it's because other things take over, especially if that person doesn't have a great personality or they're always arguing because they don't believe in the same things. They're not, there's no, they don't, there's, they don't coincide. They're, they don't believe the same type stuff when it comes to politics or religion or how you raise your kids. So there's something called a sort of mating and that's, uh, that's, 
something that happens on its own. And that's where people are attracted to folks who are more like them. So people who are pretty much about the same in terms of attractiveness are typically attracted to one another. I found something very interesting. So an exception to a sort of mating, meeting, meaning you basically are consciously or not, you seek partners who resemble you, right, in terms of appearance, height, intelligence. So you seek people who are pretty much like you in those main areas. Again, like how you look, your height, your intelligence. But there's exceptions to that. And so some of the guys in this sporting group that I'm in on Facebook may find this interesting because they claim this doesn't apply to them. But there's been a lot of studies, and they find that there's a tendency, tend, tendency of many men to shy away from women. Let me drink some water. My goodness, my palate is dry. I'm sorry. Mm. Okay, let me try this again. There's a tendency of many men to shy away from women who are equally or more intelligent or successful than they are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Recent findings confirm this bias. There have been plenty of research that's been conducted, and it shows that men shy away from women who are equally or more intelligent or successful than they are. That is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the studies that they completed, they scored everyone based on physical attractiveness and intelligence, and they stated whether they wanted to meet the person again. And, um, and also men and women preferred someone they rated high on both qualities, but men's interest in a woman's intelligence peaked at a rating of only seven. Mm -hmm. So there was no uptick in the men's desire to date her if she was more intelligent. Yeah, that's on a scale of uh, out of 10, by the way. So a woman who scored a 10 for intelligence, um, the the men weren't interested in her. But women, on the other hand, The smarter, the better for them. Women love smart men. But it seems men don't love smart women. Now, ain't that some crap? So some theorists believe that a woman who has the um, ability to occupy the role of providers can decrease a man's sense of power and purpose and compromise his self-evaluation or feelings of manliness. I've been saying that, and so I have women for a long time. So I have some other women and men claim that this isn't true. But look at this. These studies show us otherwise. Now, what happens when you push yourself or force yourself to be with or date someone or be in a relationship with someone who fits all the attributes, physical attributes you're looking for? Right. And we see this a lot. And I hear this a lot in some of the the therapy sessions that they may have found someone who matched everything they were looking for physically, but they disagreed on almost everything. So every day there was a fight. Every day in this in their relationship, there's a fight, an argument, a disagreement. Um, and so just because someone fits the physical attributes you're looking for, 
and maybe the chemistry, it may not be enough to make a long-term relationship work, right? So attractiveness is not just about the way someone's face looks, their body, but it's also how the person behind it uses it. It's everything else about us. And that's what you guys have to remember when you're looking for these certain physical attributes. It's how does everything flow together? Our movements, our gestures, how we express ourselves, how we show emotion, how we are when we're around other people. All of those things matter. They found that the most reliably predictive trait for attraction among photos on dating sites is postural expansiveness. Or that means making yourself appear open to others. So think about that. How do you make yourself appear in a photo that you're open to others? That's pretty interesting. It's probably the way you're smiling. It could be the way you have your arms, where your arms are located in the photo, how your legs appear, how you look in the picture, your posture. So if you're on these dating sites, you want to choose a picture that allows you to look open to others. Now, there are things we can do to make ourselves more attractive. I'm going to give you those four major things you can do to make yourself more attractive to other people. But before I do that, I want to talk about um, this um, questionnaire that was developed called the Experimental Generation of Interpersonal Closeness, a Procedure and Some Preliminary Findings. The author is author Aaron. So I'm reviewing an article from Mr. Aaron. And um, in this article, he basically created 36 questions that couples would ask one another. And these are people who don't know one another. They'll ask each other these questions, and he proposes that they will become closer to one another, that they'll trust one another, that they'll like each other more. So this is a study of interpersonal closeness, and this is how you get closer to your partner. So when you have a moment, Google the experimental generation of interpersonal closeness. So let's talk about this experimental generation of interpersonal closeness. It's a study of interpersonal closeness, and they believe the best way for you to get close to your partner is for you to share with them and for them to share with you. So these questions are created to um, develop a closer relationship by answering honestly these questions. You can't misrepresent. You can't lie. You have to give honest answers to these questions. And so there's 36 questions, there's three sets. Um, each, each set, it, it gets a little more uh, complicated as you go from one set to the next, meaning um, the questions are really asking you things to sort of just dig deep and answer these, these questions. Um, you have to ask them in order, and both you and your partner or your date you answer these questions. So set one is these are task slips for closeness generating procedures. Um, so there's set one, there's set two, there's set three. Set one starts with a question that goes something like this. Given the choice of anyone in the world, whom would you want as a dinner guest? Number two has, would you like to be famous in what way? 
All right. And number, let's see, let's jump down to number 11 in this set. Take four minutes and tell your partner your life story in as much detail as possible. So you only have four minutes to do it. So, wow, these questions are really digging deep. They're asking people to really disclose some information. And the last question in the first set states or ask, if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Mm -mm -mm -mm. And then it goes to the next set of questions. Set two starts with number 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Wow. Number 17 says, what is your most treasured memory? Number 18 asks, what is your most terrible memory? Number 20, what does friendship mean to you? 23, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? So these questions are not only asking you to reveal things about yourself, but to actually to also talk about your family, to talk about your history, to talk about your background. If you're honest, this could really work out for you. And maybe it couldn't. So because if you answer that your family isn't close and warm and that you don't really know your father and your mama is a bitch um, for whatever reason, you know, this really could take a different turn because someone who values um, family may be turned off by that. Number 24 in the second set says, how do you feel about the relationship with your mother? And so, again, if you and your mother don't have a good relationship, if she was never really home, if she didn't take care of you and your brothers and your sisters, and um, she had different men in and out of the home and, you know, went to jail some of the time, and um, you may not have a good relationship with your mother. Set three, this is when it gets real super deep. Now, I don't know... Two, let's imagine this, two strangers sitting down talking and they are conducting this ask and tell questionnaire. Would they be honest? Could they be honest? So check this out. Set three, 25, make three true we statements each. For instance, we are both in this room. Okay, that's simple. Number 26, complete the sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share, blah, 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 blah. 27 says, if you're going to become a close friend with your partner, please share what, what would be important for him or her to know. Whoa. Okay. 29, share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. So these get more and more complicated and also um, is really asking the person to dig deep and tell their deepest and darkest secrets, it seems. 32, what if anything is too serious to be joked about? 34, your house containing everything you own catches fire. After saving your loved ones and pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save any one item. What would it be? Why? Okay. And then the last question it asks, share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. So these are really in-depth feeling questions that ask people to disclose a lot about themselves, their history, their family history, their own history. Um, so I guess this is a good way to get acquainted with someone, but just be ready for what comes next, you know, cause it could work out and maybe it won't work out, but I guess this is really the best way to, or not necessarily the best way, but this is a way that someone developed these 36 questions called, Google it, the experimental generation of interpersonal closeness. Now, I'm sure 
You don't have to be strangers to do this. People in a relationship already, you could actually go through and ask yourself these questions to see maybe there's moments in your life you miss sharing with your significant other. You never know. Like number 30 says, when did you last cry in front of another person by yourself? So, yeah, I would recommend folks in relationships um, take a look at these questions, too. It might actually help in rekindling or um, helping you to be closer or learning something new about your partner. All right, we're wrapping up. We're almost finished. But I did say that I would tell you a few ways to make yourself more attractive. And these are just, I'm going to give you three main ways to be more attractive, right? I got this from some studies that I read. Research shows that there may be a few things you can do to improve your chances of attracting the person you want the most. So number one, I've recommended this to a lot of women. Don't play hard to get. Don't play too hard to get. Like people talk about being conservative and um, not asking a guy out and, you know, you don't want to seem too easy, but you also don't want to make it so hard to win that your potential partner gives up. So if someone is showing you interest, don't make them work super hard to go out on a first date with them because research shows that playing hard to get even after an initial attraction, it ain't a good idea. So people like challenges, but they also like to win. You got to keep that in mind. So don't play too hard to get. Number two, exposure, exposure, exposure. Networking is awesome. Networking is not only a way to provide more business for you or more business contacts that could lead to more business. But also it's a way to meet people who have similarities, who share some of the same things as you, right? So networking is a great way because finding love at a bar probably doesn't happen too often, right? When you think about it, people go to bars and clubs because some of them, men, women too, want to get laid the first night. That's why they're there. It ain't to have or discover a relationship with someone that they're going to be in for the rest of their lives. It's not what you think. So a better plan than a bar or club is to join an activity group where you'll meet new people who share your interest. And if you keep going to these types of activities and moving through these networks, you'll eventually get to know people who you click with and who are a good fit. You know, your minds will coincide. So Um, networking is a great way to make yourself more attractive because you get exposure, you meet more people, you meet people who are more like you and share some of your same beliefs. The last thing, and this is ultra importante, be comfortable and confident. You can improve your dynamic attractiveness by using open, expansive body gestures. You can take a dance class You can, uh, you know, just join a running club and and stay fit. But you can also just be more comfortable in your own body. Developing more comfort in your body can greatly increase your dynamic attractiveness. You have to love and own what you look like. You got to love and own your body. People can tell when you're not confident about you. People can tell when you don't like you. People can tell when you're uncomfortable with who you are. But when you dress for your shape, um, you know, you look good in your clothing, 
you feel good in your clothing, you look like you feel good in your co- your clothing, it makes you comfortable and confident. And that's the most important thing you can do to make yourself more attractive. Well, guys, that is the end of another episode. I just wanted to quickly go over some stuff about attraction and, you know, a little bit of virtual dating and online dating and just tell everyone who's single, hang in there. Your day is coming. Your mate is coming. Your future is coming. The person you're supposed to meet is coming. But you got to remember this. In addition to all the other things I talked about for these last 20 minutes or so, you have to be ready. You got to be prepared. And to be ready and prepared, your shit has to be straight. Meaning you can't be unstable mentally. And what do I mean by that? If you have stuff you got to work on, like you ain't got no friends, you didn't keep friends from the <laughs> from your childhood because of your your personality or certain traits about you that really pushes people away, you should kind of work on that. Sit down with a mental health professional and be open about it and talk about it and let that person help you to arrive where you need to be to understand who you've been through your life. And you can kind of tweak that and work on it and and be someone different. If you're sad or depressed or very anxious or have unaddressed mental health issues, those things will manifest in your personal relationships. So you want to address those things. How can you start a relationship with someone and you're suffering from depression? You're having thoughts every day about not being here or you just you don't feel confident, confident anymore. You don't like who you are or you're having panic attacks every day, or, you know, these types of situations, you should not go into a new relationship because it's not going to work out. Work on you first, focus on you first, understand who you are, be happy with you, be happy with being with you alone. Be used to that first before you try to begin a relationship with another person. So thanks for being on the couch, guys. Thanks for joining me on the couch. I appreciate it. Call in. Let me know what's going on with you. Send me a DM. I told you it's Dr. Delvina on Instagram, Facebook. Follow me on YouTube. And um, you'll hear from me next Sunday. Brain love. It's the end of an episode. Thank you guys for joining me on my couch. It's been a pleasure. It's Dr. Delvina. Remember, every day you must have brain love. Balance. You can't have all work and no play, and you can't have all play and no work. Reframe. Reframe your negative thinking. Think positively. Avoid negative people. Inside, everything you need It's inside of you. Look inside yourself. Needs. Know your needs. Your needs come first, not everyone else's. Limitations. Limit your expectations of yourself. Ownership. Own your mistakes. Learn from them and move on. Vengeance is not yours. It's the Lord's. Express yourself. Every day, meaningful communication. Don't go to bed angry. 
And that's been my show, guys. Brain love. <laughs>